We want to welcome you tonight to the celebration of lights, service, to thank God for his wonderful love, that in the midst of pain, he offers hope. In the midst of grief, he offers comfort. So we pray that tonight, God's spirit will just flow overwhelming, minister to your hearts. Some of you couldn't make it tonight live, but you're watching online, and we want to welcome you. And we'll be doing communion, so get maybe some crackers or toast or something and juice to have communion with us later today. But as we get started, I just want to let you know of a couple announcements. I want to remind you that this Sunday is Baptism Sunday. And if you've never been baptized since you became a Christian, the Bible says to those that believe and are baptized, they shall be saved. I know I was baptized when I was eight months old, and I really don't remember it at all that my parents told me about it. But when I finally came to believe and understand what I was doing, I got baptized as an adult. And so if you've never been baptized since you've committed your life to Christ, this Sunday we're going to be doing that right after the second service. And at 1130, there'll be a class that we hope that uh, if you're going to get baptized, you need to attend. And then the other thing I want to let you know is that this Friday, Frontline Resurrection Ministry, it's a ministry that helps women coming out of sex trafficking, coming out of human trafficking coming out of homelessness, coming out of prison, to have a transitional housing for them to get established and and be able to stand firm and restart a life. They're having a fundraiser, and that's going to be here. They're going to have a meal and concerts. It's going to be several artists. It's going to start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Is that correct? So at 2 o'clock, we hope you can make it. You'll be able to go home early enough to make sure you don't get caught up with any of the people that are inebriated driving in our streets. So we want to get you home safely. But would you stand with us as we go to the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you in the glorious name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, asking for your presence to fall upon us. Lord, we pray that you surround us with your love. You carry us with your presence. You hold us with your goodness. Father God, we pray that, Lord, we can experience the glory of God, the presence of your holiness. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts tonight and heal the woundedness. We welcome you, Lord, and we just pray these things in the mighty name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all of God's people say amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, we are so glad to have you here tonight. So glad to have you here tonight. And then join us in worship. Good evening, church. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen.
Valley 
God is so good. God is so good. He came into our lives and he put us back together. Give him a shout, amen. Let's sing that first verse one more time. And I searched the world, but it couldn't fail me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith never And then he came along and you together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love come on give him another shout of praise today God is so good he is so good in our lives you are so good God and we thank you Shout out your praise. Put us together tonight, God. Let's sing this one together. You give a life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only.
And all the earth will shout his praise. Come on, let's sing. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. one more time. Heavenly Father, we really do believe that song. We sing words that we believe deep in our heart. That great are you, Lord. In the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of loss, in the midst of birth, you are there. You're there to carry us through. In the greatest moments of our life, you are there. And in the most challenging moments of our life, you are there. Thank you for your faithfulness. Father, I just pray right now that, Lord, you pour yourself out to each and every individual here, whether they're watching online or they're here in the sanctuary with us. 
Father, might we experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we just celebrated Christmas and your word says that upon his shoulders, the government would rest and he will be called a wonderful counselor, almighty God, the Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. Oh, how we need the Prince of Peace to bring that peace into our hearts right now. To calm our spirit and to be able to really understand life and death. Help us to get a better glimpse of it tonight. Lord, I pray for the sick that you comfort them. I pray for those that have had loss in their family. Even as most recent as today. I thank you for the miracle that you gave, Lord, young 10-year-old Judah, who had his had head injury and brain bleeding, and they did emergency surgery, and Lord, he already got to go home today, overnight. God, thank you. I wish every story had a happy ending, but Lord, when we're Christians, we do. So I pray, Father God, for the peace that we so desperately are seeking to fall upon us right now. To minister to us. To take us into your presence and into your glory. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We're so grateful for you, Lord. And we pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. What a joy to, what a joy to have you in the house of God today. We know that this is a regular Wednesday night service, but at the same time it's focusing on one thing bringing honor to all of those that have lost loved ones. We want to honor our loved ones. We want to honor them and glorify God. Thank you for coming to the Celebration of Light service. We thank the Lord for that, and we ask that you would just continue to just uh, experience God's presence. I want to thank uh, Daniel Family Funeral Home the Sarah Chapel location for partnering with us today. They provided all the ornaments and I'll be explaining that to you. But as we get into the word, I just want to let you know that there's incredible hope even in death. There's peace available in the midst of a storm. There's an anchor that God provides for us, for us not to drift away. We've experienced death, and most of us have at one time or another. I was 18 when I first experienced a personal, personal death. My mother died. My little brother was 11. That was a real difficult time. And I wasn't a Christian at the time. My mom was, but I wasn't, and... I didn't understand. I just felt like everything had been torn out from under me. 
I didn't understand why a loving God would let my mom die at 54 years old and leave five children behind and her husband of 28 years. It was a hard time. And then I became a Christian, and then I ended up becoming a pastor. Never intended to be a pastor. Very honestly, I'll be honest with you, I never even knew what a pastor was. Because I grew up in a church that didn't call him pastor. So all of a sudden I become, I, I, I come to Christ and I start going to a, to a Bible college because there was one there. So I, I wanted to know what I got myself into. And next thing you know, God is opening a door and we move from Corpus Christi, Texas to Albuquerque, New Mexico to start a church. And God has been really good and has allowed us to be a part of an amazing group of people. And in that time, when we got here, at the age of 31, then my dad died. And I was like, man, this is messed up. What's going on? I felt like an orphan. Some of you might feel like that. You've lost both your mom and your dad, and now you kind of feel, where do I fit in? Where do I fit in? You fit right where you always did. The only difference is your mom and dad have a different address. They don't live here on earth anymore, amen? And as Christians, we're just passing through anyway. But the Apostle Paul writes some words in First Thessalonians that really put and piece it all together. St. Paul writes this, First Thessalonians chapter 4, starting at verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We will tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven and with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, first the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Our Father, I pray that, Lord, we are really encouraged and inspired and uplifted today after this service with your words. And I pray this in the glorious name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You see, this became a very, very real and personal scripture to me. When I lost my dad, I understood now. I could grieve, but I had hope. I had pain, but I had joy. I had confusion, yet I had a sound mind. It was this wonderful joy that God brought. And the theme I want to talk about tonight is grieving with hope. And let me introduce it this way. 
I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to simplify everything that we go through when we lose someone. But, you know, every time I meet with families and we try to plan out the funeral and we talk about it, there's usually two kind of families that I'll meet with. Those that are overwhelmed with grief and all they can focus on is the death. And rightly so, they're in pain. But all they can talk about is that. And then you have those that have hope and they say, you know, you know, dad wouldn't want us to be sad like this. You know how mom would be? She'd be telling us, now don't be sad, don't be sad. You know how brother would be? You know how he was? Brother was a clown and he'd be there. Come on, don't be all sad. What's wrong with you? And, and, and so we look at it two different ways because, you see, we want to celebrate life. And that's what a, a funeral is, a celebration of life service. Yet there's still grief involved. Some focus only on sorrow while others on joy. The joy of the Lord that we get to see him again. Some focus on grief and others on hope. And Paul writes it this way. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, I mean 1 Thessalonians 4.13, we just read it, but he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now he says, he's not saying don't grieve. He's saying, I want you to go ahead and experience and release that pain and process that pain and go through that pain of death because death has deep pain. It doesn't matter how someone dies. Sometimes it makes it worse, but no matter how someone dies, we all have pain. And it doesn't matter at what age they die. I have been with families that they've lost children while they were still in the womb. And I've been with a family, I'll never forget this, she was 102 years old when she died. And when she died, the family goes, no, mama, don't leave us yet. And I thought, when is the right time? See, there's never a right time. It's not like, okay, now you're... Now you're 90, you could die. Now you're 100, you could die. No, it doesn't matter. Some of us have lost people in this room because of a car accident. Others because they were murdered. Others because of cancer. Others because of COVID. Others, and we could go on and on. They overdosed and they did this and they did that. And we, we just know that it doesn't matter how they died. We just know that we're in grief. That the pain is so real. And Paul says, it's okay to grieve. But don't grieve as someone who has no hope. Don't grieve as someone who just goes, I lost him and I'll never see him again. Grieve with hope. Have pain, but have joy. Say, thank you, God, I'll get to hold him again. Thank you, God, I'll be able to be with him again. Thank you, God, I'll be able to experience him again. That's the hope. The hope that we get to hold them and love of them. The hope that we get to be reconnected. The hope that we'll be able to, to, to hold on. So we grieve, but with hope. We grieve with hope. We have sorrow and joy. We have, we have brokenness, but not despair. See, because God gives us what we need. And there's something real about grief and sorrow. 
that death brings. It's not easy. The Bible calls death our enemy. And you know, it's weird when, I remember when my mom and my dad both died of cancer, we said they lost their battle with cancer. And so many people have said that. They lost their battle with COVID. They lost their battle with this. They lost their battle with that. And we say this because it's a battle. And see, when our loved ones are taken from us, we have this pain and this death that came to our life. And death is that enemy because they lost the battle and we lost our loved one. There's nothing easy about that. I'll never forget once I was at a funeral and... I noticed this lady was going greeting the family and she goes, she shook their hand and she goes, at least you knew this was coming. She went to the next one, at least you knew this was coming. And I go, what is this? So I pulled her aside, I go, ma'am, I go, may I speak to you? She goes, yes. I go, ma'am, I don't know if you understand, but you're saying at least you knew this was coming and that's not comforting them. Did you see the pain on their face? And she goes, well, they did. I mean, she had cancer. At least they knew it was coming. I go, ma'am, I go, see my fist? <laughs> no, I really did. I told her that we're right well, just a few feet from the family. I go, see my fist? If I tell you I'm going to hit you in 10 seconds from now, is it going to hurt any less? And she goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize I was saying that to them. I go, yes. It doesn't matter if they knew what was happening or not. The grief of losing someone you love is so hard. You see, death is that enemy that takes away the people that we so desperately love. We can't hold them again. We can't talk to them again here on earth. We can't visit with them again here on earth. Oh, we could go to the graveside and talk, or you could talk to the urn, or you could just talk and say, God, my hito's up there with you, my wife's up there with you, my daddy's up there with you, my husband's up there with you, my grandfather, my grandchildren, my on and on and on, they're up there with you. God, can you whisper something in their ear for me? He could do that. But we grieve because we can't have them here, and it's overwhelming. And they'll never be replaced. We're not even going to try to replace them. But we hold on with hope. We look into the face of death. We look into our enemy's faith. And we say, you know what, death? You might think you knocked us out, but you didn't. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he's given us eternal life. And when we die, we might be buried, but our spirit soars. Our spirit goes to glory. And that's for real. This isn't time to do a Bible study on how real the Word of God is. But if you ever want to do a Bible study on how real the Word of God is, do you know that it has held up the test of time for thousands and thousands and thousands of years? You see, the Word is real. And I believe the Word. And I believe what it says about how real grief is. And he says, let us own it. We need to own our grief. But we cannot stay there. We cannot stay there. 
You have a family that's looking out for you and a family that's looking up to you and a family that's drawing from you. So dads, you might have lost your wife and your heart broken and you feel kind of scattered, but your family needs you. Mama, you might have lost your husband or your child and you feel so lost but I'm telling you, your family needs you. You might have lost your brother or your sister, your son or your daughter, your friend, your neighbor. I don't know who you lost, but I'm telling you, God is there for us and he carries us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our storm, in the midst of our agony. And we need to say, Lord, thank you for your strength. Thank you for your love. Thank you for what you do. But because I'm a Christian, I have my trust in the Lord and he will give me what I need. You see in verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 14, chapter 4, verse 14, he says, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, he will bring back with him the believers who have died. So God's going to bring them all back and he's going to take us all in the glory and this earth that we know is going to be over and we're going into eternity. And that's going to be glorious. If you ever read the description of heaven, heaven is, they're trying to describe it in words that we'd understand. So it says there's pearly gates. There's a crystal sea. There's streets of gold. I mean, it's trying to help us see it in such a manner that it is, but it's even more glorious than that. And people say, is there going to be food in heaven? The Bible says there's even a huge banquet. So I don't know what they're going to serve in heaven, but I'm sure they're going to have red and green. (laughs) And I don't know if they're going to have pozole. But I know they're going to have menudo. (laughs) You see, in other words, those are the things that we know here on earth. And sometimes when we lose loved ones, we don't end up wanting to cook. We don't want to do anything. We just say, forget it. And I always say, do the opposite. Honor your family by doing that. Try to make your grandma's bizcochitos. And you could all try them and say, okay, okay, Susie tried to make them. Johnny tried to make them, and everyone's going to taste them go, well, they're not bad, but they're not grandma's. But you're honoring grandma. And you can sit around telling grandma stories. And then you can sit around talking about your son or your daughter and saying, oh, my gosh, if he was here right now, oh, my gosh, he'd be clowning us, and he'd be, he'd be bugging us to death. Because <laughs> you remember how they were? Remember your daughter that just walked in and the minute she'd walk in, the whole room would light up and everyone would get all, oh my gosh, she's here. You see, you still want to celebrate those moments. You want to enjoy those moments. You want to be able to hold on to those moments. Jesus died but rose from the dead to give us hope. To give us hope to hold on to that hope. 
And it's by trusting in him, putting our trust in the Lord, by not just believing he exists, but saying, God, I believe you so much, I'm going to believe the way you want me to live, and I'm going to follow the footsteps of the master. And you put your hope in the Lord. And you put your trust in the Lord. And you put in your trust what Jesus said. Look, right before Jesus died, he said, In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, he goes, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. Now, let me try to explain that. Let me try to explain how it's going to be. My wife and I had just been married maybe eight months. And I got a real big promotion. We lived in El Paso. And I got a promotion to go to Corpus Christi, Texas. And I told my wife, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Okay, I didn't say it like that. I go, hey, babe, I got a really good promotion. We prayed about it, and I said, hey, let's go. I go, but look, you're going to have to stay here in El Paso. I'm going to go and prepare a place for us. I'm going to go get settled in my new job. I'm going to get settled in my new position. I'm going to get settled. I'm going to get us a house. And when everything is ready, I'll come and get you. Now, we weren't even married a year yet, and we were all toyo. We were a bunch of llorones. If you don't know what llorones mean, we're crybabies. Oh, do you have to leave? I have to leave. I don't want to leave. I don't want you to leave. I... It was hard. We were going to be separated. We weren't going to be with each other. I was going to be a 1,000 miles away. But I was getting everything ready. And all of a sudden, I finally got everything ready, and I came back, and I go, Cindy, I got everything ready. Come and join me. And Cindy joined me. And that's where we both came to know Jesus Christ. And that's where I studied in the university there to become a pastor. And I continued my study. And we came out here and we ended up starting the church. But, but we went, I went ahead of her to prepare things. Jesus goes ahead of us to prepare things. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I know you're so brokenhearted right now, but look, I'm going to go set everything up. And when everything's ready, I will come and get you. I love that part of scripture right there in, in, in John 14, verse 3. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. Now, Jesus, I don't know who he brings with him, I've been at the deathbed of a lot of people. And you know what? Sometimes before they start seeing people that have gone on to heaven, and they go, Grandma, Nana, there's Bamba. Look, there's great grandpa. Oh my gosh, there's my son. I see my daughter. I see my husband. I see my wife. And then they see, oh, there's Jesus. And he comes and gets us. And he comes and takes us. 
And we that are left behind are so confused and so broken and we don't even know how to deal with it. But Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because in my Father's house, there's more than enough room. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to build a mansion. I go to make a home that you will have for all of eternity. Because you're only living here for a short time. We're only passing through. Now look, our time is different from God's time. It says one day to us is a thousand years to God. What he's trying to help us understand is eternity. See, we live in heaven for all of eternity. Now we don't know what eternity is. Sometimes... Sometimes men, if we give in and go to a movie with our wife that she picked, we think that's eternity. Is this movie ever going to end? Oh, my gosh. God, they haven't shot anything or blown anything up. The whole movie, oh, my gosh, right? Sometimes people think the pastor, is he ever going to shut up? Oh my gosh, this is eternity. Eternity's longer than that. Eternity's forever. So he says, look, one day to you is a thousand years. So one week, seven days for us is 7,000 years. 365 days is 365,000 years. He's trying to get us to realize, man, it's forever and ever, infinity and beyond. So he's saying, Don't you understand? I'm going to come for you in the twinkling of an eye, in the blink of an eye. Now, we might think, well, man, my mom, see, my mom died when I was 18. She died in 1976. Man, that's that's been a long time ago. That's been, what, 40 years? Four years ago, 45 years ago, I was, I was young. And it might seem like a long time, but you know what? In God's timing, 45 years is maybe a couple minutes. So my mom's up in heaven going, Bah, where's my husband? Oh, he'll be here in a couple seconds. Because my, di- my dad died about 25 years later. But to God, that was just a matter of seconds. Well, where are my kids? You know how they're always running late? They'll be here in a few minutes. You see, time is nothing to God. But for us, it seems like eternity. But I want you to really hold on and grieve with hope. If you trust in Jesus We're going to be together again. It's going to be glorious. Because now up in heaven, there's no more sorrow. There's no more pain. Your son or daughter can't grieve you and get you all stressed out anymore. Your husband or wife, there's no fighting up in heaven. There's not even husband and wives in heaven, really. That's why it's heaven. No, 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 not that's messed up. That's messed up. No, but, but see, what God's trying to get us to understand 
is, that was your husband, that was your wife, those are your children. But in heaven, we're all connected. And you're going to see your son and hold him. And he's going to go, Mama, thank you for loving me so much. I missed you and I missed you. And man, you're not going to miss a beat because it's going to seem like it was just such a short time. Because now it's in eternity. So I want to try to encourage you tonight. Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. Because in my father's house, there's more than enough room. And I go and prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come and get you. And you will always be with me where I am. What a promise. So even in the midst of pain, there's hope. In the midst of sorrow, there's joy. In the midst of grief, there's no despair. We go, wow. In Second Kings chapter 20, verse 5, it says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will heal you. Some of you, your grief is killing you. You haven't allowed God to reach in and heal your wound. You haven't allowed God to reach in and touch your life. You haven't allowed God to enter into your house to bring love again, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. St. Paul calls those the fruit of the Spirit. You see, he wants to comfort you. You see, God has seen your tears. In the book of Psalms, chapter 56, verse 8, this is what he says. You keep track of all my sorrows, and you have collected, hear this, God has collected all your tears in a bottle, and he's recorded each one in his book. Can you imagine that? God has little bottles up there of our tears. I have an anointing bottle. This has oil from Israel, and it represents the Holy Spirit of God. And I pray over people, and I anoint people. And it represents his spirit over us. Can you imagine God has a little bottle up in heaven with your name on it? Each one of our names. And he knows all the pain we've gone through and all your tears have not been dropped out of your life in vain. He's captured each bottle. I mean, tear in his bottle. And it has your name on it. And he goes, I understand. I understand. So today I pray that you will allow God to heal you. You see, in Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's here today to heal your broken heart. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
On the way in here, you were given a little cup that has a, the bread, the host on the top, and the juice at the bottom. It's a simple thing to open. Sometimes we make it more complicated. You just bend up the tip and you pull back that little cellophane paper. And when you pull that back, you end up opening up the bread. And in the night that the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it, giving it to his disciples. And he said, he gave thanks. And he said, Take this, all of you, and eat it, for this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God wanted us to remember why he died, and it was to give us peace, to heal our bodies, to give us rest, to give us this wonderful spirit. Turn up the lights a little bit so that they can see what they're doing, if you would. Thank you. Will they? Not my lights, the house lights. Yeah. But tonight, what I want you to do is as you hold the bread and you remember the Lord's death, I want you to also remember your loved one's death. And I want you to say, Lord, I know you died to forgive our sins, but also to give us peace and comfort in the midst of our pain. And oh God, there's been a lot of pain since our loved one died. But tonight we hold this bread with great hope of what lies ahead. So heal our body. When we take the bread, it's to remember that Jesus died to not only forgive us, but to heal us and restore us. So just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I remember you and what you did for me. Heal my body, mind, and soul of everything we're going through. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the body of Christ. You may eat the bread. Likewise, pull back the foil. The Lord took the cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is my blood. It's a new covenant I'm making with you. And I promise that I'm not going to drink of this cup again until I come back. Because he will come back. And he's already come back for some of our loved ones. But there's going to be a day where he comes back for all of us. And all of those that have gone on before are going to come with him. And they're going to take us into glory. And those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are going to go into heaven. And those that don't have made a choice. Not that God sends you to hell, but we make that choice. So I pray today you've made a choice for life and not death, for hope and not despair, for joy and not sorrow, to grieve with hope, 
Lord, we claim the blood of Jesus. So just say, Lord Jesus, heal my life with the blood of Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may drink of the cup. When you came in, they gave you an ornament. And inside the ornament is a bunch of little sparkly glitter. And this ornament represents our loved one, the people we love. And inside it contains all those that were part of their life. Their mom, their dad, their husband, their wife, their son, their daughter, their brother, their sister, their friends, their neighbors, their relatives. And we hold this ornament and we ask you to write the name of your loved one. And I hope every time you look at it, you go, man, our family keeps growing. There's more glitter to be added because our family is large. And you get to shake it and go, wow, look how beautiful their life was with all of us in it. And when you look at that and someone asks you about that and say, you better have some time because I got to tell you about our loved one. You see, they added joy. Man, they had a great grandpa and a great grandma and a grandpa and a grandma and a dad and a mom and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters and wife and husband. And they had and they had and they had. And you could share all the joy that they did. And the lives they impacted. And the hope they brought. So I hope and pray that this ornament will be an encouragement to you. And that you could really look forward to going, thanks dad. Thank you dad. You brought such joy into our life. Oh mama. <laughs> wow mom. We love you so much. Ay mijito. Mijita. My son, my daughter. Oh, man, life hasn't been the same without you here on earth. But I'll tell you what, (laughs) the memories live on. (laughs) Man, you little travieso, you mischievous son, you mischievous daughter, we still laugh at the stuff you did. You see, you get to tell a story. So tonight... We're going to be lighting candles. We're going to be lighting a candle and asking God to bring great joy. And I like this candle saying that he is the light of the world. Ray Baldonado, would you come and join me? He's the director at Daniel Family Funeral Services in Sarah Road up in Rio Rancho. He's provided all the ornaments for us today. Tomas and Renee, can you come up as ministers of Frontline Resurrection? Ray, thank you so much for partnering with us, serving so many families. Don't go out till I tell you all. 
Chris and Sonia here? Oh, okay, I didn't know. I couldn't see. They're pastors of our drug and alcohol rehabilitation home. I don't know if Pastor Chuck's here. But now go ahead and shut all the lights down. For you going out, please be air, be very careful. But Heavenly Father, you said you are the light of the world. And you call us the light of the world. And Lord, the scripture we read, Paul the Apostle, St. Paul literally says in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, So encourage each other with these words. Words of hope. To grieve with hope. Words of promise that we will be reunited again. Words of strength that when we are weak, he is strong. So God, let this light represent that and much more. So as you go out and you go light them, light their candles. Ray, go out to the left. Tomas, you go down the center aisle on the left. Renee, on the right. and Pastor Chris, on the right and left of those aisles. Please be careful. Don't burn yourself. Don't drip on anyone. A few years ago, a little kid was, had their head down and their bangs caught on fire. So if you want your child to hold a candle, we don't have a problem with that, but make sure you supervise them. As we pass this candle out, Pastor Mike's going to sing a song, and then I'll give you instructions when to stand up and to raise your candle. I want you to think of your loved ones and say prayers to God. for your family see the Bible says we're supposed to pray for one another not for them because they're actually praying for us in heaven so just ask God to strengthen you Pastor Mike if you'll minister to us Feel free to sing along with Pastor Michael if you choose to. One day you'll make sense of it all. Jesus. One day every question resolved. And every anxious thought left behind. No. Everyone, please stand. Raise your candle up and say, thank you, Lord, for helping us through this very challenging time in our lives.
give you our son or daughter, our husband or wife, our brother or sister, our grandma or grandpa, our great-grandparents, our nino or nina, our godson or goddaughter. We give you those people that, God, you poured into our life. And today, God, we want to release them into your hands forevermore. And we're asking that you release your peace into our life forevermore. God, some of us are remembering people that just died this year. Others, God, they died some time ago, but the pain is still so fresh. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you heal the brokenness? We lift us as candles, Father God, as a promise that we will always turn to you as the light of hope, the hope of glory, the light of the world. Father God, I pray that this candle will burn in our homes and light other candles that will honor our loved ones. Father God, as we hold this candle up, we say, God, would you hold us up? We're frail, we're weak, we're broken. We need your strength. Thank you, Lord, for amazing memories. God, I pray that we could celebrate our loved ones in our household. And we could thank you so much for all that you've done. And Lord, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' glorious name, all of God's people shout out, Amen. Amen. As you lower your candle right before you blow it out, I want you to say, God, thank you for the life I had with my loved one. And I pray you hold them. Let them know how much I love them. And now I ask that you hold me and strengthen me from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. You may blow out your candle.
Thank you, Father, so much for your love. Thank you for being here with us today and with all those online. God, I pray your overwhelming peace to continue to strengthen us. God, I pray we can leave here different tonight. We can leave here with hope. Oh, we still might be grieving, but we have hope. The hope of Jesus. Thank you for your love. I pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Church, you're dismissed. We love you. I'm going to continue anointing the pictures without trying to knock anything down. But feel feel free to come up and get your picture of your loved one. Thank you for being here. I didn't get to...